You are listening to the Giant Fucking Spider Movie Podcast. In this holiday special, Matt, Jonathan, Eric, and Sam discuss Wizards of Waverly Place, Tim Allen's legal name, and the difference between a cracker and a honky. Fair warning, this episode contains tobacco depictions. I don't even wear pajamas. Normally I sleep naked. Fuck naked. Ah! Then all of a sudden, like a giant fucking spider shows up. Top of the morning. Top of the, top of the morning. Top of the morning. Top of the morning. Top of the morning. That's where my head is right now. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Tim Allen Christmas from people you do not know on the internet. Welcome to the Giant Fucking Spider Podcast. Merry Christmas to all. Split pea soup. Whoa. <laughs> In this podcast, we taltalk about movies. You can tell because it says a movie podcast in the title. I don't know if it does say that, actually. You telling me this ain't the Tim Allen Podcast? <laughs> We don't specify that we're a movie podcast. We are simply a giant fucking spider podcast. So mm. apolo- apologies to anthropologists the world over. This is not a podcast about giant fucking spiders. It's a podcast about movies where all of a sudden a giant fucking spider shows up. And it's also about Christmas. Today it's about Christmas. Today it's about Tim Allen. You know, the best part of the holiday season, sitting down and watching Tim Allen in a Christmas sweater be Tim Allen in a Christmas sweater. It is... Truly amazing. It, it's really great. Our family has them locked up in our basement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, if I wanted the Republican in a Christmas sweater to, telling me about the good old days experience, I would just go to the Christmas family dinner. I don't need to watch a fucking Tim Allen movie for it. But what did <laughs> I do? What did we do? We watched a Tim Allen movie in November. Or did we? Or did we? Maybe we didn't, didn't we? Um, We're actually recording this in April. <laughs> we like to record very far ahead. It's weird watching this movie in this time of year. Yeah, I, I just got back from Black Widow. Oh, that's really dating it. <laughs> no, that's not true. There might be three sequels. Yeah, who, yeah. whenever this podcast is finally unleashed from the, the cryo vaults, the entire Black Widow franchise could still be going. If there is a Black Widow sequel, I'm going to use a Hulk gun incorrectly if you know what i mean on tim allen uh, doesn't have to be you? speaking of tim allen we we watched the santa claus yes uh what did we all think of the santa claus <laughs> uh that sums it up it was an incredible movie honestly it was one of the worst movies i've seen in recent memory and i've seen i what are you talking about? i watched all three of these things when I was a little kid, like every Christmas, like for a few years here and there. And, you know, I liked them well enough. Tim Allen funny, oh, oh, you know. I really liked it when he goes, Ooh. Schlorps down the chimney. Like, I, I ate that shit up when I was a kid. But as, as, as a refined, tasted adult, I'm watching it. And I'm honestly just bored. What are you talking about? You're cracking up the entire time. We were cracking up about uh, Venom. Yeah, the fact that this movie was secretly just Venom. Has cinematic parallels to Venom. (laughs) Let's break it down, right? Let's break it down here. We've got this schlubby loser who is failing at his job, possibly on the brink of being fired. And as a result of this, his wife slash fiance divorces him and dates a doctor. He's not a doctor, he's just a psychiatrist. 
big difference. According to Tim Allen, there is a difference. Going going aside from the Venom parallels, <laughs> Tim Allen gets absorbed by a suit. Is this movie anti-psychiatry, or is Tim Allen anti-psychiatry? Like, did Tim Allen just wander onto the set of this movie talking politics, and they just kept the, the camera running? Like, Tim Allen got in the car with his son, who belongs to his actual divorced wife, and he's talking about her actual psychiatrist boyfriend, about how he's not a real doctor. It's amazing how Tim Allen fits this movie like a glove, because he wasn't even the original cast for, uh... Scott Calvin is the character's name. You catch that little fucking cheeky little nod. I didn't even know there were names in this movie, I gotta be honest. <laughs> I only remember Scott Calvin because there's a joke where someone he gets mail for SC and he's like, yep, Scott Calvin, that's me. Come on, Eric. What? What are you? What? Denny's! Ah, oh, fucking shit. Are we, Denny's, are we going to the Denny's? Yeah. Are we? Denny's is always open, homie. I think we should start with the Denny's. Is scene. that is that true? I've never eaten at a Denny's. Denny's is always open. Well, they're out of chocolate milk. Listen, all I can say is Denny's hit different when it's like three. Yeah, see, this is how I know you're from fucking Las Vegas and not the South like I am, where the three a.m. traditions go in the fucking Waffle House. Listen here, okay? Denny's is a nationwide chain. But yeah, no, we don't have Waffle Houses over here. Eric. <laughs> Can you say that Amer that Denny's is an American institution for me, real quick? Denny's is a hundred percent an American institution, and that's the first joke the movie makes. Why are there a bunch of Japanese people eating in the restaurant? Like in suits, in suits. Not even like, like just we casually can assume at a there's no, some sort of business meeting going on at the Denny's, like you know, a lunch. But like, we just don't know what's going on. It's like it's it's like a non sequitur. But there's a bit too much sequitur. They never said where Tim Allen lives in this movie, do they? Maybe he went to the Denny's in Chinatown. He lives know. in Lakeview, Illinois, and there... inexplicably... <laughs> what the fuck? There is a Chinatown in Chicago. <laughs> no, Scott Calvin is established to live in Lake... It's where the Wu-Tang lives. Motherfucker, let me talk! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! Jesus! This episode, Christ. Sam is unhinged. Sorry, we're all drunk on eggnog tonight. It is a bit steamy in here. Tim Allen stole that guy's celery. <laughs> that is a joke that I don't believe is as complex as you said it was, Eric. Whenever we saw that, or who? No, what? was it you or was it Matt? That it yeah. was Matt who was confused about no, it. No, like who was it that was like, oh, the parents left out. Some celery and carrots that they could snack on while they me. were putting that presents. Yes. That was Matt. Okay. That yeah, that was Matt. Yeah. I said it's reasonable that people do that yeah. for the reindeer sometimes. Yeah, Eric, Eric said that Cain and Abel were the first Santa and Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> when Cain killed Abel, he took over the Santa Claus suit because <laughs> God was like, "I didn't think about murder." Oh fuck. Yeah. yeah. See that 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 continues. I had considered that. Continues that. the venom parallels. Like Eddie Brock gets a little goop. He gets he breaks into a scientific facility and he gets a little goop on him and he becomes Santa Claus. Tim Allen snipes a man off of his house from the grassy knoll and becomes Santa Claus. I gotta be honest. I'm really happy they included like Castle Doctrine in this Christmas movie. Well, yeah, there was that guy who kept shooting at him when he broke in and had like two bulldogs. He had a Rottweiler and a shotgun. Yeah, and he shot twice at nothing. 
I mean, if you if you just heard downstairs as he's like trying to put a gift under your tree, wouldn't you shoot? Was that the same house that had the double wide fireplace for fucking? Yes, with with ambient purple lighting. It's like the cleanest fireplace you've ever seen. Like there's no soot, there's no firewood, there's no coal. There's just a purple light. What you didn't see behind the camera on the other side of the room, right, was the (laughs) the living room scene. Of a parasite playing. <laughs> All right, guys, I do have one genuine question though. I was very confused. It was like a one third of the way through or whatever. Uh, after uh, he like killed Santa on the roof, uh, he uh, he put on the suit and they just went to space for some reason. And he kind of captained like a ship. I was very confused about it. I think Alan Rickman knows there. That was pretty crazy. I, I was surprised they went to the hell plane and picked up that puppy for the kid. <laughs> Legend has it that 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 <laughs> brief little stint in this movie was the actual genesis of Galaxy Quest, a movie I wish we watched instead of this. What are you talking about? Anyway, uh, Sam. Yes. You brought up a very good point. Why do they say Santa doesn't exist when he does in his movies? Where do they think the presents come? Okay, from? so like, like a big part of this movie is like divorced wife and. Judge Reinhold, psychiatrist husband, it's the, like they're trying to figure out when and how to tell Charlie Scott's son that Santa Claus doesn't exist. How the fuck do Charlie's Christmas presents keep appearing from a magical red fat man and the parents never seem to question that Charlie's Christmas presents just keep appearing? Like, like are they buying them? And, or like... Just one of the mechanics! Plenty of those trees had presents underneath them, and then he added a fucking kayak to one person's. <laughs> I feel that it, the natural um, conclusion that they come to is that Scott broke into their home and put those presents under the tree in the middle of the night, and they took comfort uh, in So, that. So it's like like a reversal of like the Always Sunny Christmas special, where Mac and his family are breaking into people's houses to take their presents? Yeah, it, it's like... He broke into their house to give presents, and that's why he was a perfect fit for Santa Claus, and that's why he killed Santa Claus so he could put on the suit himself. Jonathan, you're something of a Tim Allen expert. Can you explain the themes and, like, why he put them there when he wrote this movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little confusing, honestly, some bits of it. Especially since he wasn't originally gonna be in the movie. He just, like, when they brought him on... They they made they elected him to a writer writing position at the company that made it. This is a Disney movie. He's a writer at Disney. I thought it'd be funny if instead of killing Santa fifteen minutes in, they killed him off screen before the movie starts. And Scott just <laughs> finds the suit lying around. Yeah, and he's like, Man, I love sleeping naked. Jonathan, I have I have a genuine question for you. What's your question? How does it feel knowing when your absolute favorite actors of all time <laughs> wrote this movie and starred in it? It's pretty nice. It's a big comfort yeah, but... to me. Because we all know Tim Allen's actually a really great actor, right? Eric. Yeah. <laughs> you, you had a problem, right? About the kid being a smart know-it-all to Tim Allen, who's clearly God. Um, with Rose, a rose such a clatter, and the kid's like, I don't understand. What's it mean? And then... What's a rose such a... I fucking hate the rose such a clatter joke. No. I hate it. Eric hated that joke. That's his joke. No, 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 no. You see, I've done some reflecting after we watched it last night. 
It's actually quite literally peak comedy. I think that was literally the best joke written in 1994, and probably for the next decade. This child has, like, an acute awareness of quantum physics and the mechanics of Santa Claus's hammer space sack, and he's out here like, what the fuck is a rose such a ladder? Fuck you! Remember when Tim Allen said, oh, oh, this is like living through the 70s? No, the 60s. The kid was asking him if he's okay, like, flying or whatever. Like, something along the lines. And Because he, he just replies with, oh, it's okay. I lived through the 60s. Because, haha, flying high. Ah, I didn't get it. It's, it's a little-known fact that that line was written into the script as an allusion to Tim Allen's previous career as a cocaine dealer. It's so amazing how much he fits this role like a glove because he made the glove. Jonathan, do you have anything from your notes you want to get onto? I've been going through mine like bullet points. I do have something I want to bring up that I've been sitting on. Hmm. Like a little ways through this movie. I don't remember why, but I took a look at the Wikipedia page for the Santa Claus and I discovered, according to this, Bill Murray... (laughs) And Chevy Chase were both offered the role of Scott Calvin. They were going to be the Tim Allens of this movie at Once Upon a Time. But they both said no. I have to question how you go from, like, Bill Murray and another famous comedian slash actor, and then you follow up and you're like, hmm, who can we get? And then your next step is Tim Allen. No, you see, they went from Bill Murray to Chevy Chase to Tom Selleck to Tom Hanks to Mel Gibson to Tim Allen. There was a what? list. <laughs> Tom I'm Selleck, sorry. Tom Hanks, and Mel Gibson were also considered for the role. What is that? Oh, every single name is more ridiculous than the last. Like, Bill Murray, uh, well, that sucks. We're going to get Chevy Chase. Fuck it, whatever. Yeah, sure, Chevy Chase. Although I guess this was like the late 80s, early 90s before Chevy Chase shit the bed. You know, speaking of uh, casting, I'd really like to... Uh bring some respect up to Richard Karn for reprising his role as Al in this movie. It was really nice seeing uh, Tool Time show up, like usual, and Al took up the torch, obviously, after uh, Tim Allen became Santa Claus. It was very cool that he showed up as, like, a little elf cameo in the workshop. Uh, <laughs> the Santa Claus doesn't work on very one simple reason. Because uh, it's the only actual flaw in this movie, if anyone can point it out. Uh, I can point out several flaws with this movie, but, you know, I'll humor you. Take a guess. Why, why would the Santa Claus not work? The Santa Claus wouldn't work. Why would the Santa Claus not work, Matt? The card was only written in English. Oh. <laughs> Santa dies in Hong Kong, you're fucked. No, they, they, they establish in the movie, not everywhere celebrates Christmas. Oh yeah, that's right, Santa hates people. I also <laughs> forgot, there's a later bit where they reference, where like, Scott Calvin is in the police station, he's just giving different, like, n- names that Santa Claus is called in different countries, like, freaking Sinterklaas and Papa Noel and shit. And it's like, he has that socketed into his mind but the elves couldn't bother to print the santa claus in other languages that are in english okay but here's here's the thing like i don't care that the santa claus card wasn't written in esperanto what i care about (laughs) is whenever he's listing off all of the names of santa claus 
at no point does he ever bring up the actual real world name of the actual person that inspired the entire legend of Santa Claus in the first place. Not once does he ever refer to himself as Saint Nicholas. You can't do that. But that's not true. Jonathan pointed out specifically. <laughs> yeah, I have the quote written down. You think Tim Allen is about to drop Krampus on a bunch of kids in the 2000s. <laughs> Is there a Krampus clause? <laughs> like, if you kill Krampus, you become if Krampus. If you kill Krampus, you put on the friggin' Krampus cloak, you become Krampus. I'm surprised you don't remember that. That was like a... Like three quarters of the way through the movie. Really? I thought that was in the sequel. Did I really just watch this... What state was I in that I watched this movie and I watched the Krampus clause scene and I'm like... I think that's in two. On the subject of sequels, so in the third movie, like, we're just jumping way ahead here. The third movie introduces Jack Frost, played by Martin Short. And he's something of, of, of an antagonist towards our hero, Santa Claus. What? An antagonist. Yeah, I just mean, the, like, only somewhat. <laughs> we know the real problem is that whiteness. <laughs> the... the... <laughs> The ex-wife, Charlie's mom, who... Well, by the third movie, it's just regular wife again. Look, look, we'll get back to Charlie's mom, but for now, I would just like to say that I think there really should have been a fourth Santa Claus movie. A, for, like, to pull, like, a Pirates of the Caribbean 4, for people to be like, why the fuck does this exist? And second of all, we got Martin Short as one antagonist, right? Hmm. I think the fourth movie should have been... Santa Claus versus Krampus. And Krampus should have been played by Steve Martin to round it all out. Because you just cannot have a Martin Short without a Steve Martin. Well, no movie made as much money as the Santa Claus did. So my guess is that they're going to tie this in for the sequel to the Avatar James Cameron film. <laughs> oh my god, that's Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah, the guy from The Jerk. I'm imagining this guy with fucking horns and a tongue. That you tell me that Steve Martin, he has no tongue. With Steve Martin in the Krampus getup would not be the best shit ever. Anyways, uh, I think it's time we address the Charlie's mob-shaped elephant in the room. Going back to the Venom comparison, we know Eddie Brock's ex-girlfriend in the movie. Like she, she's a character unto her whole self. She becomes a she Venom, but in addition to that. We, we know that she has a job, she has aspirations, and those that that job and those aspirations and her drive are the exact reason she breaks up with Eddie and drives his plot in the movie. Who is Scott Calvin's ex-wife? What the fuck does she do for Charlie? Because we got Judge Reinhold Dad over here doing all the heavy lifting of trying to convince Charlie that Santa Claus isn't real... And all this other shit. I'm just stuck on the fact that Charlie's always talking about Scott after he becomes Santa Claus. And he's stuck on Neil in, like, the pre-Santa Claus era of Scott. Like, like, all he talks about is his dad's. But Charlie never talks about his mom. Like, like he does not give a shit about his mom. Did not even miss her a little bit. Not even a little bit. He doesn't miss Neil. It's like he hates Scott until he becomes Santa Claus. And then he's all like, wow, I love my biological father. I'm, I'm very happy uh, that for Judge Reynolds' character, they had him go through the airport and get arrested because he refused screening. 
the man just wanted his... That was a really interesting, like, plot Like, point. he just wanted to get on this fucking flight and get his wiener whistle, but, like, he was in such a hurry to get the wiener whistle. I have a question. <laughs> Can you guys Super help me decipher what I wrote down in my notes? I don't understand what this yeah, is. Yeah, let me take a look at... Let me take a look at your notes here. Hmm. Here. <laughs> this, is, this is all I have... This is the... Like, they're all bullet points. I can't interpret this. <laughs> no, I remember. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so we are we are we gonna talk about Bernard? Are we gonna talk about Bernard? Let's talk about Bernard. Are Let's you talk, going to I've been talk dying about to talk about Bernard. Bernard. Let's talk about Bernard, the white elf with the dreads. No. <laughs> That's right. And this this led me this white elf with dreads led me to what I feel is a very philosophically important question. What is the difference between a cracker and a honky? <laughs> I would like to say that while we were watching the movie and I first posed this question, I asked, what is the difference between a cracky? <laughs> and then stopped there. I, I remember immediately responding, a cracker can't dance, a honky can <laughs> That brings me to my next point. Now that we've brought up Bernard, I have written down, kill myself, force Bernard to wear the suit. <laughs> yes. So I think I think we really need to get into the mechanics of Santa Claus's death. And the... 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 Uh, the, the... the Santa Claus. Yes, the Santa Claus itself. And the, 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 the chain of command. That's what I'm looking for. What happens if... A Santa Claus arrives after killing the previous Santa, and he doesn't want to be Santa. Like he put on the suit and he just got really suckered into this, and he just really did not want to do it. What happens if he kills himself? He had to do it early before the effects happen because we saw like Tim Allen's character literally get mind influenced to make himself a jackass and like pig out in the middle of a meeting for his company while the Jeopardy theme plays. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to talk about the Jeopardy theme. Why is the Jeopardy theme playing when this man's eating hot fudge out of the bottom of a glass? Oh, it looks so bad. Like not not like it looked bad, but man, it was hard to watch. Y'all ever watch Wizards of Waverly Place? Yeah, Sam Allen was there too. <clears throat> he was. I remember that. I don't know why this just like thrust itself into my head, but I'm remembering like an episode where a character was just, like, really into gorging themselves on sweets because magic, and they just pick up, like, a cup of something, try to drink it, and go, oh, you can't drink that, and then, like, pull this weird, like, chocolate... It's not actually a cup, it was, like, a circular pastry surrounded by... It's one of the most confounding desserts I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> and I have not stopped thinking about it. And for some reason, the Tim Allen Santa Claus pigging out in the office with the Jeopardy theme playing reminded me of the, oh, that isn't a cup, like, pastry from my childhood. I just unlocked something in my mind. <laughs> Jonathan, do you not know what scones are? It wasn't a scone! Can you prove that? Do you know what scones are? Yeah. They are cup-shaped! A wizard scone, Jonathan. That's a sconce. I would just like to say that in this in this case, this one case, Tim Allen Santa Claus is doing the right thing. 
because this toy executive's pitch fucking sucks. Yeah. Why would Santa Claus ride in the tank? He's like, yeah, put Santa in a panzer. And Tim Allen's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and he's right. <laughs> and he should say it. Like, the elf talking goes on's a little weird. But, like, why would Santa ride a panzer? That's literally less efficient than the reindeer in the sleigh. Obviously, Santa is a hotly contested title. That's why Tim Allen shot him in the first place. If he rode in a tank, he would be protected. <laughs> but, like, the people in this born room don't know the mechanics of Santa Clausing. What if Santa needs to shoot someone with a shell? <laughs> you think uh, Santa Claus has ever just been a serial killer who happened to be on a killing spree and got Santa? And I was like, I'm going to wear his skin suit. And then he puts it on and he becomes Santa. But then he's still a serial killer. That's what Let There Be Carnage was about. That explains where uh, that scene in the park where he picked up his kid by the neck like the whole <laughs> Started swinging him around like Stop. 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 <laughs> Oh my god. I just made a realization. What? What was the realization? <laughs> Alan's real name is Timothy Allen Dick. Fucking with me right now, man. There's no, no way. His name is Timothy Allen Dick. <laughs> this man's name's Timothy Dick. <laughs> the Timothy Dick Claus. Oh my god. <laughs> Timothy Dickity. That's why he kept it like picking sand in people's eyes and then yelling, You got dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I was just thinking. Tim Allen's just like Nick Cage, dude. It's just that shit I was talking about. They're both like good actors that get put into shit roles and they both change their names. Oh, okay, I, I want to talk about near the end of the movie real quick. They had fake snow in the beginning of the movie. We see Tim Allen sip through it. At the end of the movie, they give up and just put out white plain carpets. And you see a cop run over and like crouch. And you see his knee, his knee dig into the carpet and force it up like a whole like corner of it. You see like the snow carpet like scrunch up. Uh, so like Eric, what would you say was your favorite bit of this movie? My absolute favorite bit of this movie is when Tom Hanks came out of the um, like the bushes in a cowboy uniform and just told him, uh, told Santa Claus to look, look over there's an alien. It was absolutely hilarious. I'm really happy they got Tom Hanks for it. I can't. They they couldn't get him for the role of Scott Calvin, but they could get that little foreshadowing of the Buzz Lightyear movie. Yeah, you know, I thought it was a bit weird when Chevy Chase and Mel Gibson stormed onto the set, and they both went on their own independent racist rants. It was really weird when Mel Gibson took out that claymore and just chopped that dude's head off too. Shall we move on to my next bullet point? Is Mrs. Claus given out, or are they abducted with a similar clause? <laughs> Do the elves provide the Mrs. Claus? Well, we'll see. That's that's something interesting that we'll just have to get to at a later date. This movie really said fuck the pigs. Very surprising for a conservative Tim Allen movie to say fuck twelve, but yeah, I respect it. Like I, I especially love in the scene where they're like outlining how they're going to arrest Santa Claus Tim Allen. They specifically mark out the donut shop. 
Like, they just have a bunch of nondescript buildings, and then there's an enormous rectangle with Donut Shop written in it. Or, like, how about the scene earlier, when we're introduced to the Santa Claus Gets Chased by the Cops storyline, where um, Scott's ex-wife uh, alleges, correctly, but, you know, alleges that Santa Claus abducted her child. And the police are having a briefing on this. Like, they've got... They're just talking about, like, the specs on the guy. The cops are joking about it. Like, we, the audience, know that this is just a funny little moment where Santa Claus has just taken his child on a Christmas spree. But, like, back in the real world, this child just got abducted by his biological father, separated by legal shit. And police officers are just cracking jokes. Like, the Amber Alert's going off, and the police officer's like, <laughs> You think that guy likes milk cookies? There's almost a Beavis and Butthead left. <laughs> we'll be talking about the milk! We'll be talking about the cookies! And we'll be definitely... We will definitely be talking about the donuts! We'll be doing a lot of talking about celery! You find that amusing, Butthead? This movie moves at a breakneck pace, I'll be honest. Growing up, I didn't remember Scott becoming Santa Claus in the first ten minutes. Like, I, I figured that would be, like, end of act one shit. But no, it's the inciting incident of the whole plot. Santa Claus is dead and buried at the 15-minute mark. But then after that, the movie crawls. But then, once he becomes fat, and by the way, you know he's fat because when he gets out of bed, he farts. Once he gets out of bed and farts, the movie just goes on a 30-kilometer sprint. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Speaking of farts... We didn't bring this up earlier, but remember at the beginning of the movie when Tim Allen shot that man on the roof, walks up, commandeers the ranger, they just fart in his face. Oh my god, I forgot about that. The, the disgusting CG reindeer you see on the roof. Ugh, the CG in this movie is god-awful. It just looks like shit. Come on, you didn't even notice that Tim Allen had died and they had to use a CG render for the second half of the film. I don't know, I noticed. And for the other two movies. <laughs> No, they didn't use a CG render in Santa Claus 2. The rubber Tim Allen you see was the actual Tim Allen that was on set. They just put some more makeup on when he was supposed to be real. Hey, I've, I've got a bit you probably need to cut. That kid was CG because Tim Allen isn't allowed near children. <laughs> I mean, this movie comes dangerously close to cracking a joke like that with, like, the line of children getting like lining up for santa and like neil and scott's ex-wife are like oh my god you're fucked up there's also the like bit where he's first in the north pole and judy the elf he's like you know you don't look too bad for your age because he's making a joke about how she just mentioned she was like oh my god twelve thousand years old and she goes thanks but i'm seeing someone in ramping and it's like bro ah! oh my god that made it pass. I mean, yeah, it's it's notable that this movie is not rated PG for its weird sussy jokes. It's rated PG for a few crude moments, tobacco depictions, tobacco depictions, tobacco depictions, tobacco depictions, tobacco depictions, tobacco depictions. <laughs> and then that Mel Gibson rant they forgot to cut out. Yeah, like, why did they leave? Why did they leave <laughs> in the Mel Gibson and Chevy Chase rants? It was questionable. Why was he ranting about Tim Allen's divorced wife? I don't know. It's pretty on par to keep the rants considering the psychiatry rant Tim Allen went on earlier in the movie. Yeah, but like that's an that's an anti-psychiatry rant. So anti-psychiatry is an open racism. Well, no, I'm just saying they're they're not afraid of cutting out rants. That's all. On to the next one.
colonizer child family business in quotation marks. <laughs> oh my god. You know, yes. Um, is is it is it not the final line of the movie where the, like there's like Scott's ex-wife is like, "Wow, Charlie, you'd be a great psychiatrist." And Charlie says, nah, I'm going to go into the family business. This implies that Charlie is going to commit patricide and become Santa Claus. Oh, it's explicit. That's the plot <laughs> in Santa Claus 4. Like, Krampus is just a side plot. It's really on some Hamlet shit. Yeah, he's the side villain. Like, like... Santa Claus 4 could have been the greatest Shakespearean tragedy of our times. Krampus is Sandman and Charlie is New Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the superior Santa Claus arc. Yeah, but like we know how that one ends. Scott Calvin somehow comes back, and then when he, whenever he comes back, he's like a multi-billionaire. Iron Fist? I'm talking about the superior Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm talk we're talking the Spider-Man comics. I know, we had a lot of feelings about Spider-Man during this movie. Yeah. Regarding, uh... <laughs> like Venom? Spider-Man The Bridge. The new movie coming out. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fact that the the third Spider-Man movie takes place on a fucking bridge. I thought it was amazing they shot it in black and white and, um, like, square. <laughs> it looks exactly like the lighthouse. I don't know. If, 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 if you could somehow find a way to, like, bridge the Santa Claus, the Spider-Man bridge shit, and the lighthouse... It's easy. Spider-Man accidentally kills a fellow, goes, oh no, I killed a man, puts on the red suit... And then before you know it, his spider bite begins fighting with the force Santa psyche, and he ends up in the lighthouse. But it turns out it's a mental institution. He's been crazy all along. That's the Santa Claus 5, the curse of Santa Claus. It's funny you mentioned the White House, because Willem Dafoe was actually lined up for the role of Neil. Could you, what? Yo, yo. I'm lying. <laughs> but Stanley Tucci was, and that's the truth. <laughs> Tim Allen, you, you can say a whole lot about how he is as a lover. We all want him, but as a father, right? That's a fighter. His kid is out of control. He offers that kid $5 to keep a secret. $5 could buy, like, $15,000 in 2008. Anyway, and like... Where was it? Here, let me restart. Anyway, Tim Allen's a horrible father. He's a great lover. <laughs> he can't control his kid. He gives that kid five bucks to keep a secret. He starts spilling it to the judge and he went, don't worry, dad. I told him everything. And then boom, instantly. Custody gone. <laughs> you know, buried somewhere in this movie is like a genuinely like gripping, surreal, familial drama distributed by A24. Like, the tragic tale of a delusional man who truly believes he became Santa Claus and his successful attempts at grooming his child into thinking he's Santa Claus, all in a bid just to gain custody from him, or from his ex-wife. Don't forget, Santa Claus is above the law. They have a dedicated task force for breaking Santa out of prison. Yeah, see, I guess that's what, that kind of complicates this movie's fuck-12 messaging, because it's anti-cop, but it's... It's pro-militia. Oh, I forgot about the guerrilla war between the elves and the uh, polar bears of the North Pole. <laughs> Honestly, I've str this movie has a lot of strange decisions and subplots at play. There's like eight subplots and two superplots. It's insane. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really the Spider-Man 3 of Christmas movies. Well, what was your favorite subplot from the movie, Eric? My favorite subplot from the movie... 
Yeah, uh, it was probably the guerrilla warfare uh, between the elves and the polar bears, like you were saying. Uh, I really liked that. Uh, kind of removed from Vietnam, they developed their own Agent Orange. Basically, it was really <laughs> fucked up. I, I find it very endearing that they decided to do that. I thought it was fucked up that the Revenant stole that scene from this movie, shot for shot, when he's being mugged by the polar bear. Do you think Napalm would work in the North Pole? Yeah, yeah, there are people to die, but but they're elves. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think the magic would nullify the napalm. Here's a question about elves. Are they a different species, or are they a different race? They're children. It was child labor, Matt. We all know this. Can you be racist against elves? No, fuck elves. Always. You can always be anti-elf. It's never racist. It's like how you can do an Italian accent. It's fucked up. Remember that present that uh, Tim Allen gave to that one kid? And I went, look, that one. <laughs> they're getting presents. You guys flipped on me. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, let's make something clear here. Like, on the one hand, Santa Claus adamantly refuses to refer to himself as Saint Nick, but they also bring up the point that not everybody celebrates Christmas. So it's it's like they're having their cake and eating it too, but like it's clear if you're Jewish, Santa Claus ain't coming to your house. But then he gives somebody a Chinese checkers board, and suddenly Matt flips his shit about how Santa Claus is going to a Jewish person's house to give them a present, <laughs> even though it's not a Star of David. It's a Chinese checkers board. And then I brought up, what if Santa was Jewish? And you were like, that would never happen. I went, what if he fell off your neighbor's roof? And then I grabbed the suit. No, you didn't. No, that's not what you said. What if you said that, like, a Jewish man snipes Santa out of the air? That's what you said, You know what? I changed my mind. Uh, the Elven Agent Orange? Not my second favorite bit. That's my second favorite bit. Remember when Bernard stole that guy's sandwich? And it had grass on top of it? The freshly mown lawn pita sandwich? Truly one of the most disgusting sandwiches I've ever seen. I love when Judge Reinhold grabs the sandwich and you see a tuft fly off of it. Oh, oh wait, yeah, you can't be racist against the elves, remember? Because you're not supposed to call them elves. You call them little people. <laughs> oh my good god. Uh, I love how split we were on the delivery of that joke. Sam and I immediately had opposite reactions to it. It was very good. Perfectly balanced. As all things should be. What was the point of that snow globe? It wasn't even magic. It didn't do anything. But, like, it, it violated the laws of physics because a whole fucking CG sled with reindeer was flying through it. It'll be relevant to the... Believing isn't seeing, seeing is believing bit in the next movie. I, I, I'll be honest... Of all the Santa Claus films, I hate the one where he has to go beyond this pale thing to try to save his uh, wife because, like, all the DNA of everything beyond the pale of the Northern Lights gets all fucked up and they fight this albino, like, polar bear. You know, I don't, I, I was there for cool polar bear fights. I didn't get it. What are you saying? Uh, the albino polar bear. Did you know that polar bears are the fiercest killers in the animal kingdom? But the polar bear started screaming like a human and talking. <laughs> <laughs> the, what, the part where Santa Claus goes into the shimmer? That's what I was talking about with the northern lights. Come on, Matt, you can't keep up this bit. We all know you didn't actually watch the Santa Claus. You leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, at this point, 
I think the jig is up that Matt didn't actually watch the movie with us. He's, he's just bullshitting. I don't think he even remembers the maze scene. You haven't said Tim Allen's name right once this time. Sorry, Timothy Allen Dick. Are you happy? No. <laughs> uh, oh. I think we've squeezed every bit of juice out of nope, this. Nope. No? Why are there elves at the end? There are elves in the entire... There are just five elves in the crowd There's just elves watching. In the whole movie. Why wouldn't there but... be elves there, Matt? Why would the elves be there instead of, like, back See, at the North Pole prepping for this Christmas? this is what happens when you don't watch the movie, Matt. You're just over... This is what happens when you find a stranger in the elves. <laughs> the last thing I have to say is just relating to the ending. I find it uh, really nice that they had uh, Tim Allen go on a Jack Nicholson, like, a psychotic rampage, chased uh, Charlie through the maze and everything. I think it really tied everything together. Just like that rug. It had nice foreshadowing with the uh, psychotic break after farting, waking up out of bed and checking the mirror in his bathroom and seeing the beard grown there. And then the bathroom attendant started saying some really fucked shit to him. <laughs> yeah. He's talking real bad about the elves. Oh my God. I mean, I guess it is notable that Chevy Chase did play the bathroom attendant. That's where the rant came from. That <laughs> was it, the bathroom scene. That kid had no friends. Did we ever point no, that out? No. That kid was the, alone. The kid, well, why do you think he had maladaptive coping mechanisms as soon as his father became Santa Claus? I thought it was because of the firefighter third degree burn story. This movie is rated PG for uses of tobacco. Uses of tobacco. No mention of the third degree burns. No mention of the napalm either, but it was there. Yeah. I saw it. That's why you needed the total tank for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just surprised it was still PG after he watched Tim Allen literally just shoot a man off his roof. Yeah. Jonathan, what did you have written down in your notes? Kidnapping. I think <laughs> this was a great experience we've all shared. <laughs> any any other closing thoughts? I'm very or... happy we we totally shared this moment. Yeah. Um, yep. Sam, what about your notes? Uh, I didn't take notes. Huh. Yeah, no. Eric? Did you take notes? Mm, my last bit of notes is, uh... Oh, no, I went through them all. Yep. It's, a, it's been a very pleasant holiday season. Well, no, it hasn't. But I hope you have enjoyed <laughs> you, anyone it. Anyone who believes in Santa, and only the ones who believe in Santa and celebrate Christmas. Okay. No, I'm not saying no, that. Yeah. So you shoot that, Santa and yeah. become Santa as well. To Put. those of you who don't believe in Santa, where do the presents Believe in Tim Allen. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> See you next year when we actually watch the movie. Goodbye.